He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to the transparent truth. Number one high school football podcast in America. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building, CBS Studio, live in the Miracle Mile. I'm with my man, Goat Biggins. GB, what up? Ha ha. <laughs> you like that? You like that one? No, I don't. Ha <laughs> ha. That was a little better. That was better. Yeah. I'm good, Coach Keith. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, good man. man. We're, we're recording live here and uh, looking forward to talking about last week's games. This week's games, we got top performers. We got some recruiting news. We got a sleeper of the, of the week that uh, I think a lot of people are going to be recruiting really, really soon. Before we get started, I uh, want to give a big shout out to my guy, Gary Howard, who's the general manager, um, who was my former general manager at XO's and now runs Second Half Sports. His family and where he's from, Greg, is where the wildfire's been going on up north. Yeah. And uh, luckily, my man and his family got out. Uh, they are now safe, and they just returned back home. And uh, I'm happy that my guy is good. So shout out my guy G yeah, Howard, dude. He's good people for sure, man. He's salt of the earth. Yeah, no question about it. So uh, without further ado, we're gonna get this thing rocking and rolling. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. GB hit us with the recruiting news. So I had a couple of commitments. Pac-12 commitments. Uh, Arizona coming off a big win over UCLA over the weekend. Picked up. Not one, but two guys out of San Diego. Thomas Marcus, a wide receiver out of Horizon High School in San Diego. And then Martel Irby out of Morse High School, also in San Diego. Uh, A little scat back, running back, quick, explosive kid. So nice job for the Cats. And then Washington State, Coach Roy Manning went into Crenshaw and picked up D-tackle Amir Crowder. He's a guy I like a lot. I don't think you see much of Crowder, Keith. Guy's really intriguing to me. About 6'2". I've seen him listed between 260 and 280, so he's yeah. probably closer to 270. Probably. But motor, tough, strong as heck, plays both sides of the ball. I think he'll be a D-tackle. In fact, I know he'll be a D-tackle at Wazoo. That's what they took him as. So those are the guys that who committed over the weekend. Not a whole lot of official visits, but had some kind of key unofficial trips. Stanford had a, a pretty nice weekend of, of 2019 kids. The big headliner there was Savelle Smalls. I feel like we talk about Savelle almost every single week. Oh, yeah. Cameron Fabukalanen out of West uh, St. Bonnie, uh, formerly of St. Bonnie, now at Westlake. Uh, Ariel Nagata, a receiver from Folsom. Um, Josh Picola, Mountain View linebacker. Um, and there was one other guy whose name is escaping me. Uh, but yeah, nice group of uh, players for Stanford. Got to go see them this past weekend take on Oregon. And that was a pretty impressive win for the Cardinal. Uh, this weekend, though, there'll be some official visits. Uh, Utah is hosting Devin Williams and Halid Jabril. Uh, Notre Dame is hosting a trio of Southern California players. Solomon Tuilapupu, Chris Murray, and Amon Ra St. Brown, all three monarchs. And then up in Northern California, Mel Pitas, Tariq Bracey will visit officially Notre Dame. He's kind of on commitment watch right there. Uh-oh. What do you mean about those group? That's a pretty solid group right yeah, there. Yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, in, in Brian Kelly's, Coach Brian Kelly's wildest dreams, I don't think he signed all three of those modern-day guys. But you never know. 
Fighting Irish. Going to be fighting it out with a lot of other schools to sign those three. Murray, Tulia Poo, St. Brown, and then the young guy from Milpita. So that's a good group. That's a good group. Bryce Young will be taking an unofficial visit to Texas this weekend. Bryce wants to get this done pretty early. He's only a sophomore right now, but he's got trips to Texas, Washington, October 28th, Oklahoma, November 11th, and Oregon, November 25th. TCU will be after the season, so he's got those five unofficial trips. USC remains heavily involved. Obviously, they have JT committed in the class above him. But the family said, you know what, they're okay with that. Because no matter where we go, there's going to be a dude. So he might make a decision sometime this summer before his junior year. Wow. Kind of what JT did last year. So yeah. all those schools uh, of that group, I, I always get the feeling he likes Washington. The Huskies quite a bit. So he's kind of watching them pretty closely. Uh, but then again, USC heavily involved as well. Uh, speaking of USC, Julius Irving was there on Sunday for a little unofficial visit. Kind of always thought to be a UW-Washington-Notre uh, Dame battle. But I think USC definitely put themselves in the mix right there. I think Julius is is coming closer to making a decision, although he could still take an official trip to USC. And Utah is also involved. DeLon Hurt from your Servite Friars. We'll get to them a little bit later. Yeah. Coach Keith, they need a really bra segment. Really bra? They really do. Okay. You need to inspire those guys with that. But DeLon Hurt, uh, I think he's pretty close to deciding between Utah and Washington State. And... Um, I think Utah probably has the edge. I think, I think Utah's kind of recruiting more for defense, so that's the, that's the issue there. He wants to play receiver. I think Utah likes him as a DB. Washington State hasn't visited yet. They like him for receiver. And then a guy who's kind of starting to blow up a little bit out of Mission Hills. I love the senior film, Chris Olave. Uh, that's Jack Tuttle's receiver. Ohio State, the Ohio State, uh, recently offered, and so did Illinois. And he had to set out his whole entire junior year for the transfer into Mission Hills. But if you watch his senior film, this guy is very, very good. I'm a big fan. Talanoa Hufenga said he'll probably commit around Christmas time right now. USC, Oregon are probably the leaders for Mr. Hufenga. Nebraska, UCLA, Michigan, Utah still trying to fight the good fight. New offers coming in for a guy that we both love, Mikael Wright out of Valencia, a junior DB, Oregon, Nebraska. Both offered in the last two weeks. That, uh, that's going to keep going up. Uh, keep going. Joe Nagata. I think I mentioned Ariel Nagata earlier visited Stanford. It was actually Joe Nagata, so my bad. Ariel is his older brother who plays for the Washington Huskies. He signed this past year. The guy who visited Stanford, his name is Joe Nagata. Uh, he was recently offered by Oregon. So Oregon was, was pretty busy. Also offered Isaiah Rutherford. You, you saw yeah, the Alabama sure. camp. Isaiah Rutherford. Sacramento. Yep. Sacramento play offered by uh, Bama at their camp. You saw him there. And, so Oregon offered Nagata, Isaiah Rutherford, Mikhail Wright, all within the last week. And then the other guy to kind of watch out for is Jake Smith at a Notre Dame High School in Scottsdale, Arizona. Recently offered a, uh, Arizona State and UCLA are kind of his two most recent offers. And then your sleeper of the week last week, a uh, quick update on him. Danny Smith talked to my guy John Mack over at Oxnard. Uh, so Danny pulled in offers from Boise State, New Mexico, Hawaii, and UC Davis. And he's a guy that you kind of compared to Andrew Van Buren a little bit. Sure. Ironically, they will take another running back at Boise State. So that might be interesting, kind of a, you know, what, thunder and thunder combination yeah. if they're able able to get Danny Smith. You're looking at those other offers, New Mexico, Hawaii, and UC Davis, and not to discredit anybody, because I love my guy Nick Rolovich, and I love Dan Hawkins, but Boise State's a pretty big-time offer in that group, so we'll see what's up, what's up, what's, uh, what's up with Danny Smith in terms of his recruitment, hopefully this week. Um, and that is your recruiting notes for today. GB always keeping us up to speed, up to date, a lot <laughs> of recruiting stuff. Like to hear, like to hear a lot about 
the young guys taking these unofficial. They want to get this decision out the way and focus on the rest of their high school careers and guys like Bryce Young. I know Max Williams took a a trip to LSU, so he did. I heard it was good. You talked to his pops at no, all? Or no, didn't talk a lot to of pictures. Him. Saw a lot, a lot of, of pictures, photos. A lot of photos. A lot of photos. Looks like he had a good time. But you ever been to LSU before? I have been to LSU. That's a before. great time. Oh man, it's an unbelievable time. Unbelievable time. Great food. Yeah, I went there. I visited there actually when I was in college. I had some friends who went there, and it was good times. Yeah, I bet. I see that wink in your eye. Yeah, it was. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> It's time to move on and get to our top performers of this week. I got a huge list. We're going SoCal, NorCal, San Wait, time Diego, out, time Hawaii. out. Are we forgetting a little little something called our sleeper of the we week? We are. Our let's, sleeper of the week is going early this week. We got, let's get this guy out early. So now it's time for our sleeper of the week. It's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. Gonna take it to Lawndale High School. They've got a big-time kid who transferred in from Cathedral High School, plays running back alongside Jordan Willscore. Terrence Simon, a six-foot, 225-pound back who's physical and fast. Saw him as a freshman at Cathedral, thought he was going to be the next guy, ends up transferring, just got eligible at Lawndale. Last game had seven carries, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Look out for this kid. He's a physical runner. He's got great agility and feet for a big guy. Reminds you of a young Jerome Bettis. Whoa. Be looking out for this kid. You're going to like him. 2019 kid, so he's only a junior. He and Wilmore will be back next year. Dang. And they're going to be toting the pill on everybody. They're doing a nice job over there at Lyondale. Uh, Shout out to that ball coach over there. He gets it done. Travis Clark. Travis Clark, no question about it. So, Terrence Simon, our sleeper of the week. I like that. Moving along, we got our top performers. Now let's go to top performers. You got a bunch? I don't have a bunch. I got a lot. Why don't you lead us off? Yeah. Close us, the whole deal. Okay. So, we're going top performers here. Let's start it off in the big matchup. Modern day Bosco. We're going to start off with JT Daniels. 321 yards, two touchdowns. Also had 111 yards on the ground. Impressive outside the pocket where I thought he that was where he was most impressive for me was outside the pocket. Did a nice job running for first downs and busting a long one. Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver. Eight catches, 201, two touchdowns, and a punt return for a touchdown where he turned his back, did a little shimmy, and got up the sideline and danced. 
back to the middle of the field on the St. John Bosco Braves for the second year in a row, Greg. A back-breaking. And you know who's picking a back-breaking? The guy doesn't get nearly enough love who had the key block. Did you see that block? I did that see That was one. our guy, Jack Genova. Jack Genova I'm, I'm, with the key block. I'm, I didn't know who it was. Dude, you saw some guy just get laid Somebody out, Somebody gets though. laid out when he That's, cuts back, yes, right? Yeah. Yes, and Jack does that to people. No, I watched, I rewound that thing like three different times. Like, who was that guy? And I saw number 21. Jack Genova with a big-time block. Also want to shout out Solomon Tulia Pupu, the big, physical, intense middle linebacker, two and a half sacks. Got after DJ in the second half. He did a nice job. Love the intensity he plays with, man. So infectious to his teammates. It is Plays infectious. with tremendous injury. Energy. Does a great job. How about you call it those offensive linemen from modern day? Go with it. I think JT got sacked, what, one time? Yeah. That was Sal Spina. One real time. One Sal, real time. Yeah, not the yeah. one that he kind of ended yeah. the first half. But, yeah, Sal Spina ran over one of their guards. Don't need to name, name the name, but, man, Tommy Brown yeah. has had a really good season. I don't think they came off. I don't think JT's blindside got even near him. No. Chris Murray was dominant. Miles Morrow got his first offer from UCLA today. Yeah. So this goes tomorrow. It'll be yesterday. Sure. Um, Koa Gonzalez, that center, that that five. And we'll talk about this a lot more in depth, but all five of those guys deserve mention as a top performer. That that line was was the dominant line yep. in that game. No question about it. Go ahead, Keith. Tariq Luckett, the J. Sarah Jr. wide receiver. We've been talking about him for a while on this show. Two touchdowns, deep, long touchdowns. And an interception on defense. The yes. guy is getting better and better as a corner. I like him as a vertical threat on the outside as a receiver. He played big time, and he leads Jay Sarah into a big time matchup versus Modern Day this three week. Three more sacks for Malik McClain as well. I think he's got 12 on the year, which seems low. I think he's got three, three every game. I think he missed a, a game or two. Yeah. He uh, otherwise, have. he'd have like 15 or 16. But you, he's the hottest defensive end in the West Coast. We said 20. Right so yeah. he's got, what, three games? Plus, at least Plus one hopefully at game. least one or two playoff games. I'm yeah. hoping for 20, Malik. Let's go. We got 12. We got eight more to go. Repeat performer Brandon Rankins from Aquinas, 27 carries, 253 yards, and four touchdowns. Still nursing an injury, but you cannot stop Brandon Rankins. You maybe, <laughs> maybe try maybe. to contain maybe. him. Maybe just try. Gary Bryant, the wide receiver, the sophomore out of Centennial, eight catches, 120, and a touchdown. Jaden Daniels, repeat performer, quarterback out of Cajon, 17-21, 368, six touchdowns passing and one rushing. He threw six of them to Darren Jones, the 6'6 phenom on the outside for 104 yards and four touchdowns. Greg? I had three t- how many, I said I had three touchdowns for Darren Jones. You had six touchdowns for Darren no, Jones? No, no, Darren, Darren Jones, four touchdown catches. Okay. Jaden Daniels, six touchdown throws. I got for six. one touchdown run. One, okay. I had Darren with five for 136 and three tuds. Either way, yeah, that's a, dude, so I, Jaden Daniels has 33 touchdowns and one interception on the season. Yeah. That's an exceptional season. He's he's uh he's the man. Thirty three and one. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. How about Doug Brunfield staying with the quarterback theme? You see those numbers? Oh there? yeah, Mr. Doug Brunfield put twenty five or thirty two for three fifty three and five touchdowns. Brian Addison had a couple of those touchdowns and an interception. Merlin Robertson had twelve tackles, two for loss, and a sack in that game for Sarah. The Cavs are over five hundred for the first time all season long. How about I got another quarterback for you, Keith? How about Ryan Stevens from Chaminade? Oh yeah, we'll talk about that game a little bit later on because uh, Chaminade played and they kind of 
Andrew Van Bully was kind of held in check. They mm-hmm. stacked the box. Mentioned they played Loyola, who's good defensively. Sure. So all Ryan Stevens did was he went 19 to 25 for 239 and four touchdowns. Michael Wilson, seven catches for 115 and had two of those touchdowns. Cam Davis, Upland running back, six carries, 129 and three touchdowns. Really like this kid, man. This is an explosive runner yeah. with great speed. Junior. Jordan will score. Jordan towed it more. Doing it again for Londell. He's been on our top performance list every week this week uh, or this year. 282 yards rushing, three touchdowns. We talked about his partner in crime now, Terrence Simon, seven for 110 and a touchdown. Quarterback Jack Alexander from Redondo, he threw for five touchdowns versus a good Palace Verdes team and a loss. How about linebacker Carson Lewis from San Juan Hills, 11 tackles, two interceptions, did a nice job. Corey Jones, mm. the athlete from Sierra Canyon, the junior, went off. Six catches, 131, two touchdowns, and also had an interception, plus 53 yards rushing. He was all over the place. Grant? I, I like that kid a lot. I mean, the more I look at this 2019 DB class, we hyped up Mikhail Wright a lot. You just saw Chris Adamora. Obviously, the two big names are always going to be Max and Chris Steele. Yeah. Max Williams, Chris Steele. But and these other guys can absolutely play. Hey, so Sierra Canyon... Uh, the quarterback, Jaden Perry, 20 of 33 for 311 and two touchdowns. And our huge upset win over Calabasas. Keith, that upset was so big that we had to get our guy, Evan Barnes, to come on later on in the show to talk about that one, break it down. I want to know, was that really an upset? Yeah. I, mean, I know Sierra Kenya's good, and it was an upset ranking-wise, but I want to know from Evan, because he was at that game. Yeah. You know, if they played again, upset for me is if they played again, who would win? Right, sure. And was it a case of Calabas making mistakes, or was Sierra Kenya just really good? They've been rolling they have. about five or six games in a row, so getting way ahead of myself. But just uh, for those fans listening, stay on the show. You want to hear from Evan Barnes later on, talking about Sierra Kenyon versus Calabasas last weekend. Quarterback Ryan Zanelli, La Habra. Yes. Nine for nine. He was perfect. Perfect. Nine for nine, 195 yards, three touchdowns for the sophomore quarterback. Did a nice job leading La Habra to a victory. Running back Kyle Bryant out of San Fernando. 12 carries, 145 yards, three touchdowns. What else you got, GB? So, I mean, let's stick on Ryan Zanelli's a guy I've been hearing about. No, we always joke eighth grade, eighth grade. But seriously, this guy was kind of a pop born a legend, seventh and eighth grade. And set out five games, played at Orange Lou, yep. didn't play, but was at Orange Lou. Now he's over at La Habra, and they're kind of rotating guy. La Habra's got a good quarterback already, but I think Ryan is smooth, lefty. Yep. Not, I mentioned nine for nine. That's kind of hard to do against air, and he had a 75-yarder called back because of a penalty. Dude, Ryan Zanelli, he's a dude. He's going to be good. And I, I think La Habra, they got a lot of underclass skill. Next year, man, they're going to be a team, a fun team to watch. So very happy for Ryan smooth, Zanelli. Smooth lefty. Not smooth. a dual threat guy, but a guy can definitely move his feet and get outside the pocket. Would love to see him get a little bit more athletic. I know his trainer really well. Shout out to my guy, Rick Hagedorn. A little bit more athletic. If he can add that to his mix. How about the Narbon Gauchos? Oh, yeah. How about Jalen Ta- Chapman? Has really kind of come on ever since he met that Punahou game. Uh, excuse me, the St. Louis game. They lost on the beautiful black sand beaches of Hawaii. <laughs> but you know what? Jalen got his mojo back. Yeah, he threw for five something He threw for 5,000, I think. Yeah. Ever since then, I think Jalen's been playing really, really well. 24-35 for 291 in the touchdown. Jamar Jefferson, eight carries, 105, and five touchdowns. So Jermaine, or excuse me, Jamar had eight carries and five touchdowns. That's not, not a bad little ratio. Wow. Who'd they play? Uh, I think they played St. Thomas Aquinas. They came out here and 
It's a dominant. How come my guy? Whenever I get my guys, you always ask, you know, where's the defense? Who they play? No, no, I don't, I mean, I don't it doesn't ask your matter guy. my guy or your guy. I'm just saying. Yeah, I never said about your your guys. You're hyping up over there with my. It's always who my guys play. I'm just reporting stats, man. Hey, man. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't Leave matter. me alone over here. Hey, eight carries, five touchdowns. Hey. Hey, Jamar's good. He's good at this thing called football. He is. Love him. No up. question about it. I'm gonna move to San Diego. Running back Jamar McClendon really liked this kid. Monta Vista High School. 186 yards, two touchdowns. Talked about this kid earlier. Wide receiver Chris Olave from Mission Hills. 11 catches, 146 yards. Quarterback Miles Hastings from San Marcos. 463 yards passing, four touchdowns. Running back Raiden Hunter, Horizon High School. Like this kid. 17 carries, 270 yards, two touchdowns. The kid is fast and he is physical. Not the biggest guy in the world, but plays with a ton of heart. Defensive back. Thomas Marcus, who just made the commitment you talked about to yeah. Arizona from Horizon. He had an interception, a touchdown run, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. So a nice, complete game. He's everywhere. Man, Thomas Marcus, absolutely. And then running back DeAndre Daniels out of St. Augustine. 16 carries, 222 yards, and three touchdowns. That's Jeez. all I got from San Diego. Who they Greg. play against? Rah, rah, rah. Hey, how about Santa Margarita? How about a quarterback named Josiah Norwood? Hey, Josiah is really getting it done. 21 to 27 for 279 and two touchdowns. Also had 119 yards rushing against your Servite Friar defense. Chad Mygar, the UNLV commit, rushed for 10 rushed for 109 and two touchdowns. Seven catches for 102 and two more touchdowns. So big game for Mr. Chad Mygar. Four touchdowns, two on the ground, two via the air. Friars not putting up much resistance here. They need you need to inspire my, them. My There's friars. only one. They have one chance. The Servite Friars has has one chance, and that is for you to give them the Oaks Christian Sarah treatment. They need a really bra from you. That is their only. It's proven that when you go off on a team, they somehow rebound. That's just that's just how. That's look just how look they forward do it. to that really bra segment later on in the show. Hey, speaking of your Servite Friars, another big game, though, for T.J. McMahon, uh, quarterback, 11 of 22 for 204 and three touchdowns, also rushed for 144 yeah. and one touchdown. So you definitely can't blame T.J. for what's going on with the Servite Friars. He's getting it done the last few weeks. Last, shoot, the whole season long. Yeah, no. Like I said, the offense the offense isn't the issue right now. The defense just can't stop a nosebleed. But got to get those guys going. I want to take it to Utah. Quarterback Dane. Letiala from Taylorsville, 455 yards passing, five touchdowns. Also carried it nine times for 153 yards and three touchdowns. That's eight total touchdowns and over 600 total yards of offense. Nice job, Dane. Wide receiver, Ma'a Hall out of Taylorsville, five catches, 219 and three touchdowns. Running back, Charlie Vincent out of East High School, 194 yards rushing and two touchdowns. Linebacker, Lolani Langi out of Bingham, eight tackles. Two for loss, three sacks. D Lyman, I love this kid's name. Siaki Ika from East High School. Nine tackles, two sacks, four TFLs. Wide receiver, Puka Nakua out of Orem. Five catches, 143, and three touchdowns for the junior wideout. I got a sleeper from Ganesha. 2019 running back Saquon Irby. Hope I'm saying his name right. About 30 carries for 360 yards and two touchdowns. He has 1,700 yards and 22 touchdowns in seven games this season. He's, a, that, re- he's a repeat that, performer. Is he really? Yes. Saquon yep. Irby from yep. Ganesha, 2019 kid. Yeah, he, you know what? They put him in like a wildcat, Greg, 
and they kind of run a lot of direct snaps to him, and nobody's been able to stop this kid. Or even contain him, sounds like. Yeah. So, Saquon, I remember you, Saquon, big fella. Saquon, that's a great name as well. How about in a, in a losing effort, Calabasas mentioned they, they took a tough one on the chin from Sierra Canyon. Uh, Micah Pittman, still nine catches for 210 and two touchdowns, just unguardable. Jaden Casey, uh, the gifted sophomore, was 20 of 42 for 353 and two touchdowns. And this is one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've seen this year. So, man, if, if Sierra Canyon is holding Jaden to under 50% completion percentage, still got his yards, got his couple touchdowns. I think uh, Calabasas, Calabasas had a couple touchdowns called back in that game. Again, right. we'll get that, get that rundown from Evan. But uh, nice job by Sierra Canyon. But still, Jaden Casey putting up numbers. Micah Pittman putting up numbers. Just a little St. John Bosco. Go with they, it. they had some dudes. How about DJ? Ready for this? I've been practicing. Go with it. I got, I've been practicing. I'm going to nail it. Wooey Analalei. Wooey Analalei. Okay. Wooey Analalei. Wooey Analalei. Yes, sir. Go with it. How about 243 yards and two touchdowns? I don't have the rushing numbers, but he had several scrambles. Some of them designed. Some of them just avoiding pressure. A lot of that... Uh, yards was in the first half when he, he had three drops in the first two drives. You could, probably could have added at least 50 yards to his yardage total, but the thing with DJ that I love was just the poise. He's unflappable. And if you talk to him for 10 seconds, you know he's not a guy who's going to ever get nervous, right? He's just not that guy. He's just a natural leader. He's got toughness. Has a lot to get better at, but man, for a first start ever... I'd say he passed with flying colors. I'm really excited to watch DJ and his maturity and his growth. And you tell you what, man, that's the guy his teammates want to play for. They love this kid. And he exuded a ton of talent and leadership and toughness and poise for me. Yeah, and, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this later. So I don't want to. We might. We might. Yeah, it's not the yeah, labor. Uh, yeah, I don't want to belabor the point, but you, you, you know, I'm in total agreement with you. Want to move to Hawaii. Wide receiver Tyrell Baldonado out of Kaleo. Kamameha, eight catches, 189, four Kamea, touchdowns. Mea. Come on, man. How do you say it, Greg? Kamehameha. Kamehameha. <laughs> and then we got Ezra Aviamalo out of Kamehameha. He had an interception, four touchdown, and two sacks. That's all I got from Hawaii, Greg. Take I, got a, Hawaii. I, got a, I got a kid from Arizona, a kid okay. from Nevada real quick. Arizona, you a, said? A couple familiar names to okay. all of us. So uh, just one, Solomon Enos. Yep. How about four catches for 107? Uh, no touchdowns, but he did have eight tackles, two sacks, and an interception. Oh. Not bad, right? Two sacks and an interception, plus those uh, four catches for 107 yards for Mr. Solomon Edis. And then they got one from Nevada, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, 9 of 11, 247, three touchdowns, and one half. How about this? They've outscored their league opponents. Check this out. 241 to zero. That's their... Combine against their league opponents. Well, hey, what do you think about this, Greg? I've always thought about this. What do you think about adding Bishop Gorman to the Trinity League? Wouldn't that be intriguing? That would be that would be kind of a lot of fun. That would be very intriguing. Just rotate whoever finishes last. Yeah. They get put in a different league and have Gorman play the rest of the fight. That's that sounds beautiful to me. I want to go back <laughs> to Arizona though. Uh, quarterback Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma commit from Pinnacle High School, 540 yards, six touchdowns. Greg, I've loved this kid since he was a freshman. Uh, he's just a big-time player. I've always been on his bandwagon. Quarterback Ryan Helt out of Corona del Sol, 510 yards passing. Wide receiver Ricky Pearsall from Corona del Sol, 14 catches, 342-yard, broke a state record. 
Quarterback Keaton Slovis out of Desert Mountain. 425 passing yards, three touchdowns. Wide receiver Josh Walker from Desert Mountain. Eight catches, 176, two touchdowns. And running back Christian Packney out of Scottsdale Christian. 30 carries, 244 yards, and two touchdowns. Really quickly take it up to Washington. Running back Trey Weed from Sumner, 270 yards, three touchdowns. Also had two interceptions. He's a big-time player. Trey Weed's a big-time guy. Yeah, went for big numbers. And then take it to Oregon really fast. Wide receiver Teron Bradford from Oregon City, nine catches, 117, two touchdowns. And quarterback Cade Knighton out of Central Catholic. Four touchdown passes. Shout out to my guys over at National Preps. They always hit me with the good stats to share with all our peoples. Good looking out. Good job, National Preps. I got, I'm good too, man. I'm good. Just flew. See this? I like this. Short, sweet, but efficient. I like it. But still packed with info. Packed with info. So That's gonna, the top performers. Yeah, top performers. That was really cool. So we're going to move on to our really bruh segment. We're just going to jump right in. Let's kind of jump right in, Okay, man. who we got, man? Got something on my mind. I, I hope it, I hope it, never mind. Just going to let you, you, you let do me, your thing. Let, let me do me. I'm <clears throat> turning that. Really, bruh? I want to speak to all those people out there who chase those stars, Greg. Three star, four star, five star. I'm being slept on. Everybody's sleeping on me. I'm going to make a commitment. My four stars needs to be five stars. You got to remember, the proof is in the pudding. Big-time players make big-time plays in big-time situations. We mentioned DJ and how he threw the ball really well. He had a bunch of drops, Greg. A bunch of drops by some high-profile receivers. Listen. Your stars mean nothing between the lines. Every day, you've got to come out and compete, and you've got to show and prove. You can't be this five-star dropping five passes. <laughs> you've got to make plays. you got a young sophomore in his first start versus the number one team in the country. You have got to make plays. Really, bro? Don't tell me about no four stars and five stars when the ball comes your way and you can't catch code. Make plays. Don't make excuses. Really, bruh? Do your job. I agree with everything you just said. You know, I'm still disappointed in you. And you know who else is? The Servite Friars are disappointed because they need you to inspire them. You know what? Coach, Servite needs help. They do. This is your team. You know what? They're 0-2. They have yet to play Modern Day or St. John Bosco. They are in danger. Severe danger of going 0 for the Trinity League. And you obviously do not care. It's not that I don't care, If you cared, you would inspire them right here, right now. They need it. They know they need it. You know it. I know it. American people know it. Really, bruh, part Let's two. Let's go, baby. Give me a part two. My Servite Friars. Love Tyler McMahon. Love Julius Irving. Love DeLon Hurt. Love that offensive line. The defense leaves a lot to be desired right now, Greg. Up front. 
we have got to get off of a block and make a tackle. Not 10 yards down the field, but at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield. Linebackers, we've got to get downhill and be physical, not 10 yards down the field, but at the line of scrimmage and in the backfield. Safeties, corners, we've got to tackle in space. We've got to cover our guy and do our job. Survive for our defense, you're giving up 51.5 points per game in the Trinity League. You haven't played Bosco. You haven't played Modern Day. If you don't get your act together, you're going to be giving up 60-plus per game in the Trinity League. This is for the the Servite defense, Greg. You guys got to step up or you got to step off. Ain't no sugarcoating it. Ain't no way around it. You've got to get the job done. I don't know if that means lifting some extra weights, doing some extra hitting drills after practice. But at some point in time, your pride has got to has got to be pulled, and you've got to put, you've got to draw a line in the sand and stop BSing around out there. We've got to get physical. We've got to get fast. We got to get aggressive. Cane you've protein. Got, you've got one shot. We need some cane protein, maybe. Or if, if it's left up to Amon Ross St. Brown, that's what that's what he definitely feed him. You've got one. You got this week, man. Because, listen, if it doesn't happen this week, I don't know if it's going to happen, Greg. Servite defensive front. Josiah Narwell went over 100. Magyar went over 100. Al Fisher went over 200. You guys got to step up, man. Hey, ain't no two ways around it. It's either you got man up or it's going to be man down. Get it together, Friars. Coach Keith is counting on you. <laughs> They got a good, a big one against Orange Lou, who's kind of limping into this game at 0-2 also. Both teams so limping in, Both man. teams badly need a win. Yeah. No doubt about it. So let's move along, Greg. I'm going to recap last week's game. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of good stuff out there. Why don't you go ahead and get us started? So we didn't... We didn't uh preview this one, but I, I do want to give the LA City some love. I love the LA City section. And we had a we had a big one. Crenshaw and Dorsey. I mean, this is a traditional rivalry. These two teams obviously I don't know if I want to call it friendly. I know they know a lot of the same guys. There's some mingling before and after the game, but during the game it's always a war. But Crenshaw took down your Dorsey Dons, who you predicted would take down Narbon this year, Coach Keith, to win the city section. They are one in six right now. Ooh. And they're not just losing games, man. They're they're losing games with an emphasis on on losing games. Oh, a long O? Oh. Dorsey, I, I'm I'm speechless. But let's not talk about Dorsey. Let's talk about Crenshaw's performance, right? Yeah. They got it done. It was twenty-seven to seven at the half. Mm. So it was it was over early. Running back L.A. High School transfer Solomon Hassan had 172 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Solomon Hassan. I think he said his name Hassan. Is it? I watched him on uh, YouTube specifically just to see. His name? He said Hassan. Really? I think so. Okay. If we butchered your name, Solomon, I apologize, but I could have sworn it was Hassan. 172 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Quarterback Isaiah Johnson, I also believe, was an L.A. transfer. Yeah. Just recently became eligible. He threw for one. He ran for one. The defensive line was really, really strong. Amir Crowder, again, the Wazoo commit. Was singled out as a guy who was just 
getting it done on both sides of the ball. And, and Dorsey has some athletes. Isaiah Smalls is playing quarterback. Obviously, we know he's going to be a tight end in college. He's playing quarterback now, but just had no time to throw. They couldn't run the ball, which is, which is, I don't want to know if it's bizarre because they got two really good running backs, Jawan Collins, Charles Mincy Jr. You know, obviously up front, if you can't run, a lot of times look at the offensive line in front of you and say, okay, what's going on up there? Where's the Dorsey offensive line at? They need a they really bra. They need some bra. cane protein. They need a really bra. <laughs> they need a really bra. But hey, shout out to Crenshaw. It's a it's a revitalized Crenshaw program. Bringing back to memory the days of Hayes Pillard and D'Anthony Thomas. Kind of touchdown pass for the Chiefs this past weekend. D-A-T. No doubt. But shout out to Crenshaw because again, we said, hey, you know, they look good. We, we kind of featured a game against Vista Murrieta, which they lost. But they said, hey, played we well. Said, they're just competitive against a big time team, big time program. Yep. You know, they got a chance. They're number two right now behind Narbonne. I think Narbonne still has to be the clear team to beat in the LA City section. But right now, Crenshaw looks like a solid number two. And after that, there's a huge gap between one and two. Now, you coached in the city before. What is this rivalry like, Dorsey and Crenshaw? Kind of speak on just that, the rivalry. And what do you remember about Dorsey back in the day? And what's going on now? Wow, it's it's uh, it just seems night and day, Greg. Uh, I never coached in the city section, but I coached in the inner city. So, uh, but I am very very familiar. Dorsey back in the day was known for great athletes, not only on the perimeter on the outside the skill guys, but they also had very physical offensive line guys. I mean, guys like Stephon Johnson and. Uh, you know, those guys don't run for 2,000 yards. Jonathan Franklin. Jonathan Franklin. You an interesting right. comparison. Sure. Jonathan Franklin. Those guys don't run for, you know, 2,000 yards without guys blocking for them, right? Yeah. Um, doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. Not sure what's going on up over there. Crenshaw, uh, Coach Robert Garrett, they're doing an outstanding job. They've got Jared Greenfield, who I love as a safety. They got some transfers there from L.A. High, who won a city section title last year and beat Hawkins in the championship. Rayshon Williams, a 6'4 receiver with a long stride and a tremendous catch radius. So they got players, but Dorsey never has a shortage of talent, Greg. And I don't think that's the issue. I don't know what the problem is up front. They won't block, or they're not getting the job done blocking up front in the trenches. They That offensive line maybe needs a really rough segment. But <laughs> Crenshaw, like you said, a clear-cut number two, but there's a huge drop-off in the city. I don't know who would be number three. Your guess is probably as good as mine. And maybe like a San Pedro is always good. I haven't seen San Pedro yeah, yet this okay. year. Yeah, they're okay. You know what I mean? Uh, but Dorsey's really hurting. But yeah. I really like Crenshaw. Though. Like you said, very competitive versus Vista Marietta. They got scholarship guys. We talked about the big defensive tackle committed to Washington State. I'm telling you, Williams, Greenfield, Johnson, they got some players. So... I look for Crenshaw to give Narbonne a, a run for their money when it come playoff time. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. How about San Clemente continues to roll? I'm not sure what the streak is up to, but I, I think it's around 14, 15, 16 games in a row. They won a state title last year. They have uh, not lost this year. They're 7-0. They took down a Tesoro team, 30-14. to They kind of were able to contain that Tesoro offense, uh, who's, got, uh, who's got some weapons offensively. Quarterback Chase Peterson held him in check. Offensively for San Clemente, he had Brendan Costello doing his thing. Dual threat quarterback, 19 of 36 for 225 and a touchdown. Austin Witsit had 139 yards in the touchdown. 
And then their best defensive player, I mean, Jack Shippey has been tremendous, but Riley Croft is a kid who had 14 tackles, four for loss. He's averaging 14 tackles a game, so 14 tackles, he hit his average. He's got 97 on the year. Really nice. good football player, Riley Croft. So, San Clemente, again, shout out to my guy over there, Jaime Ortiz, just doing a really good job. And, again, San Clemente kind of just rolling through, kind of set up, setting up a, a potential monumental game that last game of the year against Mission Viejo. It's going to be a ceremony after the game for Bob Johnson. That's going to be his last regular season game, so you know Mission's going to be fired up. They kind of bludgeoned San Clemente last year, and uh, Mission Viejo was a pretty dang good football team. So yeah. that'll be a tough one for San Clemente, but as of right now, man, they're 7-0. and and absolutely just rolling through everybody they're playing. Yeah, Witt said, we've been talking about him, man. The guy can run the peel. Um, they've got a nice football team. Kane, Shippy, yep. Witt said, this, this linebacker you're talking about, averaging 14 tackles a game. Sacramento, they're doing a nice job. They're coming off a state championship. Of course, no Jack Sears this year, but they don't seem to be missing the beat, Greg. They're kind of disposing of people week by week. Like you said, getting ready for a big matchup. Mission Viejo Diablos coming down. The pipe. So we had Shamanad taking out Loyola 37 to 14. Again, a really good Loyola defense. They've kind of held everybody in check. Held Andrew Van Bulli in check. Just 14 carries, 54 yards. That's like what, three yards per carry or something yeah. like that? So that's hard to do. Usually give Van Bulli the ball 14 times. He's going to go off for 200 yards at least. But again, Ryan Stevens had the big game. I kind of read off those. Read off those numbers earlier. I'll read them off again. He was 19 of 25 for 239 and four touchdowns. Michael Wilson had a couple of those touchdowns. Defensively, again, we always talk about our guy Blake Anzalados, but it was James Thomas had a big time game. How about 11 tackles, three hurries, two pass defense, and a sack? So nice. he did a little bit of everything. He was in pass defense, he was rushing the quarterback, he was making plays. James Thomas, uh, they got a nice defense up front. With Governor had a sack in that game as well, so uh, you hold Loyola to, to 14 points. Uh, you know that, that's about that's about right. Loyola, Loyola doesn't score a lot, uh, but putting up 37 against Loyola—that's tough to do. Like I said, no one really does that to the to the Cubs. So uh, nice job by Shamanad. And again, we said it before—they're a really good D1 team. They're right there in the mix with Mission Viejo and sure. Upland and all those kind of teams. Not to slight them, but if you were to say Tier One is modern day. Centennial Bosco. That next tier is probably Chaminad, Mission Viejo, Upland. Long Beach Poly. Long Beach Poly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty solid second tier. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we got three weeks to go, but I'm, all, I'm looking forward to the you know, the Division One playoffs already. Oh, it's going to be gonna some be... really intriguing second round matchups are going to be. I think first round is going to be good. First round is always good, but second round especially, yeah. you're going to yeah. see some of these teams are going to go, wow, this is a second round game? This should be like a semifinal game. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, that's. Uh... You know, we, we've loved Chaminade, you know, throughout yeah. the season. They played Bosco really, really good for 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. Van Bully, interesting, only three-plus yards per carry, but he only got the ball 14 times, Greg, which leads me to believe maybe the game plan was to kind of spread Loyola out a little bit and kind of chuck and roll. I, mean, I think the game plan was probably take what the defense gives you, and if they're stacking the box and putting exactly. eight nine guys, so, I mean, fourteen carries. But I mean, if you're not even getting, three, you know, barely getting three yards a carry, it's not like he was running the ball and getting seven, eight yards a pop. So yeah. I think if uh, you're, you know, you're Ed Croson, you see they're stacking the box and you're not able to establish the run, you know, why keep hitting your head against the wall? Yeah. And you got a good quarterback, Ryan Stevens. You got a big play receiver out wide. He's probably got seal coverage against a guy who he's not going to be as good as your number one guy, right? So. Let Stevens throw it. He did it, and shoot, they 
won a game, putting up 37 points. So Yeah, I said that to say I remember the same scenario versus St. John Bosco, right? Yeah. Van Bully, he was getting a yard, yeah. two yards per yeah. carry. The difference was Stevens was a little bit off that game, missed some guys that he normally hits from the slot and out wide. Uh, I know he hit Wilson for the big deep touchdown yeah. versus Bosco, but just wasn't totally on in, target in that sync. game. Yeah. yeah, wasn't in sync, wasn't in rhythm. Sounds like he was his game and did a nice job versus the Cubs. So we got to go to the Trinity League now. we got to talk about this game. Servite and Santa Margarita. I always write down your prediction. You didn't make a prediction for this one. I'm kind of, kind of bummed. I'm, you would have probably went with the Friars, I got a feeling. You would have went with the Friars in this one. I don't know. Our defense is... I think you would have still went with those Friars. They lost 51 to 28. Like you mentioned, they're giving up over 50, 50 and a half yeah. points a game. 51 and a half points a game. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule right now defensively. They held Narco to 21, American Fork to 28, Roosevelt to 24. So they didn't really have a steel curtain to begin with because. Those teams are, are good, but they weren't really shutting anybody down. Garfield right. scored 14. Villa Park had 14. That was a pretty couple of good, solid efforts. And then, boom, Jay Sarah, 52. Santa Margarita, 51. Titus Tuller made 12 tackles. Trent McDuffie had 11 tackles. Those are your safeties. I don't Trent know plays if, corner. Trent's playing corner. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, do you want your corner, your no. DBs leading the team in tackles? It's no, probably not, I mean, not a guys not are ideal. running down the field on you. You, you mentioned Delon Hurt had you know a nice game with the seven catches, 107, two touchdowns. Nice job for TJ McMahon. But Santa Margarita, again, I watched them against Mission Viejo, and Santa Margarita was in that game, and I think it might have been like I don't remember what the final score was. It might have been like a 10 point, 12 point game, but it was so much closer than that. And then people got to, you know, there's always that, that one or two plays that, that's a turning point in a game. Even a game that's not maybe a one score game, there's always that one big play on a turning point. I remember in that game, Mitch Viejo went for it on fourth down and got stuffed. They got a generous spot, ended up scoring a touchdown. At that point in the game, it was tied up. And I just remember, you know, looking back saying, man, what if they got the stop, they scored, now all of a sudden they're up instead of down? It just, they played Mission really even. Sure. It was an evenly played game, and we know how good Mission is. So I think Santa Margarita's got a good team. They put up a lot of points against Modern Day. I think 33 points? Yeah, 70, 35. Huh? 70 35. Was it 35? I believe so. I thought it was a weird number, like a 33. Might have been. Whatever it was. That's more points than Bosco scores. So Santa Margarita's got a, a good offense. Right. So putting up 51 points against Servite, it, it's not a, a knock on Servite. I mean, yeah, it is. You shouldn't give up 50 points against anybody. But they can move the ball. The Eagles can move the ball. They got a dual threat quarterback. They got a couple weapons in the backfield. They got a couple tight ends. They got a couple receivers. Yeah. They're really well coached. They got a big offensive line. Santa Margarita is good. So even though, you know, I, I think Survey was getting a lot of hype, I think the Eagles definitely, you know, they were the better team here. They were the deserving team to win it. And I, I give more props to the Eagles for winning than I, than I kind of do criticizing Servite for the loss. But, you know, I think if you're Santa Margarita, man, you got to try to get that third spot. Oh, yeah. That, that's going to be key for them. I think they play Bosco this week. In fact, it'll be that. They do. That, they play Bosco this week. I think it'll be that Jay Sarah Jay Santa, Santa Margarita game. game. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. It's going to be interesting. But Servite, come on, defense. <laughs> Linebackers, I'm calling you out. Spencer Lytle. Joe Christensen, Jared Amazio, Fitzgerald, 
get downhill and stop the run. It, personally, you're a linebacker. I was a linebacker. Your pride has to be in your tail right now. You guys have got to get up off the ground and hit somebody. Come on, Friars. Didn't Rocky, the, the great philosopher known as Rocky Balboa, have a great line about, you know, it's not how hard you get hit. It's how hard you get hit and get back up on your feet. Yeah, I don't know if that applies it, to football. It does, man. <laughs> I don't know. because The great you, philo- Rocky Balboa applies to life. Hey, he does. But you get hit hard, you need to hit somebody hard. Well, that's what Rocky was trying to say. Hey, everyone gets hit hard. Everyone gets knocked down. But can you get back up? Can you get back up? Greg, and I had, I'm not going to lie. I had Rocky posters on my wall when I was young. That sounds kind of weird, but looking back at it, I'm not ashamed. I play, No, I'm not ashamed either. I'm a big Rocky fan. Rocky 3 and Rocky I, 4 posters. I played football for 15 straight years, Greg. I've never let a team run for 480 yards on me. That just personally, it could be me versus 11 offensive players. That would not happen. You must have had a really counted D line in front of you. One versus 11. It would Stop not happen. It. Well, because you were the Justin Flo of your day, right? So that, that's why. If you don't know, now you know. Let's move along. What you got? Actually, I was kind of curious. I want to see some of the, the, the defensive stats for Servite. Great. What, see, what do you mean? What, I, I you just want to see the defensive stats? No, because I'm just curious. You know, some of the it's linebackers. It's a blank page. Yeah, we got, we got, so we got Joe Kirchison had eight tackles. How about our boy Spencer Lotto had Spencer had 11 tackles. As a team, they had a hundred tackles, which that's a blessing and a curse. That's you shouldn't a curse have you shouldn't oh, have man. that many tackles. No, that means the offense has the ball quite a bit, and they're just getting eight nine yards a pop. Gee, what a, a long tackles. night for defense. Oh, our guy Cade Fuller had a, had seven tackles. You tell me they ran a hundred plays minimum. The yeah, minimum because they scored plays? touchdowns too. So that, that no tackles credited for those touchdowns. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Caden Fitch had 10 tackles for uh, Santa Margarita. That's a, that's a kid I liked. Logan Schwenke was a sophomore I liked a lot. I love sophomore. Logan Schwenke. had five tackles in that game and a couple of quarterback hurries. But, yeah, we'll move on. I don't know if this was a surprise. I, I know this was a game that you did predict. This was Orange Lou and Jay Sarah. Jay Sarah taking them down 52-21. to You had Orange Lou winning 56-49. to so you had Jay Sarah scoring quite a bit, but you had Orange Lou with 56, and Jay Sarah had them to 21 points. Yeah. Excuse me. So you saw Jay Sarah two weeks ago. They got a big one against Modern Day. We'll do the preview show on Friday. But just give me a one sentence, because we don't want to belabor it, but can Jay Sarah beat Modern Day? Yes or no? Can yes. they stay competitive through three quarters? Yes. Yes. Jay Sarah is good enough that from what you've seen the last two weeks. You've seen both teams the last two weeks. I've seen both teams the last two weeks. Jay Sarah can be competitive for four quarters. They have a shot, a small shot, but they have a shot. I really like their team. So we'll see. So we have Matt Robinson is just the epitome of efficiency. I wonder how I need. I should look up his numbers. I'm curious how many interceptions he's thrown. I feel no, like Matt, every Matt, game he's just really yeah, efficient. He makes the great decisions with yeah. the ball, and the fact that they use a lot of play action pass, Greg, gives him a very clear shot of what the defense is doing on the back end, and very clear reads. When you play action, everybody has to commit to who they're guarding or where they're going to be playing zone at. 
or guys' backs are turned. So you've got a shot to deliver the football to the right guy on time and on target. Matt does a great job of that. He also does a great job buying time with his legs and scrambling for first downs. First play of the game, he went play action. I saw the pass. I think this might have been a prep zone game, so they always show the cool highlights. He went 80 yards to Luckett on the first play of the game in a beautiful deep. This wasn't like a little five-yard pass. Let me see if it goes 75 yards. This was an, a deep ball that was absolutely perfect. Luckett went 80 yards on the very first play of the game. He was 10 of 18, Matt Robinson, 10 of 18 for 253. I think he had three touchdowns. Six total sacks. I mentioned McClain had three of those, but they had six total. I think they picked off uh, Ryan Helinski a few times. Ryan still had 312 and three touchdowns. Kyle Ford had nine for 123 and two touchdowns, but this is a pretty dominant effort by Jay Sarah in that game. Strong at all three levels on defense. Uh, Al Fisher didn't really need to go off. This time it was kind of more of the passing game, but we know they can run the football. Uh, if you can run the football, if you can rush the quarterback and you can make big plays, and you got a chance. And again, Munir McClain didn't play in this game. He only played a couple of plays when you saw him, but he set out this one. He's supposed to play against Modern Day. We'll see how healthy he's going to be. But that's just another weapon yeah. they got. Man, Jay Sarah looks like, I mean, all they, they just, they're just one win away. Uh, for getting that third spot, but if they were to upset one of those big two, St. John Bosco or Modern Day, man, Jay Sarah's is, is they're building something. It's a pretty young team too. Yeah, they're gonna lose the quarterback. They're gonna lose Malik McLean, but and they got a lot of guys coming back. So Jay Sarah's kind of put themselves in a, in a nice spot. Pat Harlow mentioned him way back in this preseason. Man, he is a a really technically sound nose line play, both sides of the ball. Former USC All American. So in the Trinity League, it's all about line play. You know, can you protect the quarterback? Can you rush their quarterback? And Pat Harlow's a, you know, you're not going to get a better line coach than him. Jay Sarah, really impressive football team right now. Yeah, I think in football in general, Greg, it's all about line play. I mean, you win in the trenches, you win. That's just what it is. Can Jay Sarah block modern day's defensive front? It's going to be a big, big question. Can Abdul Malik McClain continue to create pressure off the edge and wreak havoc? in opponent's backfield this upcoming week versus the Monarchs. That's also a question that needs to be answered versus the, you know, a talented and a dominant offensive line group led by Tommy Brown and sophomore Miles Moreau. Yeah, so. that'll be fun. I bet they probably think they'll move Malik back and forth probably. You think they'd probably want to put him against Miles. He's the young pup. But I would think they'd probably move Malik all over the place, take advantage of that matchup, but which we'll get that, we'll talk about that matchup later on. Last one that we're going to talk about right now. Actually, we've got two more. One of them is St. John Bosco, Marday, and then we'll, we have Evan coming on to talk about uh, Sierra Canyon and Calabasas. But, okay, so St. John Bosco, Modern Day. Uh, we both picked Modern Day. Uh, Modern Day won 31 to 21. Uh, look, look at this, uh, looking at the stats, uh, total yards was Modern Day 517 total yards. Bosco had 359. Uh, Modern Day also had 14 penalties for 111 yards. Had a touchdown taken off the board. And, and it was funny. Uh, you know, we hung out with the Modern Day parents. That was fun. Sure. You know, the, the little cool little taco place. And, um, you know, really good group. And I think they're all excited after the win, but also kind of lamenting the fact that they, they left a lot of yards, they felt, uh, on the field. The touchdown, I think both teams kind of felt like, you know, there were some key plays that didn't go our way. Everyone always feels that way, right? Yeah. But overall, this is a game. I don't know how you felt about it, but I never really felt like Marday was going to lose. I felt like they were kind of in control. They jumped out early. I think it was 14 nothing. Yeah. They scored right away. Well, they went down the field. Went for it on fourth and two. 
Watch the TV game. They got a horrible spot. I don't know if you watched the review, but they got a horrible. That was a first down by about a yard. Yeah. And so they got that was their one time they got stopped in the first half was a fourth and two conversion. They scored really easily. Boom, boom. And then DJ hit the deep ball. Yeah. To Josh Chachi Delgado, and that just came, seemed to kind of inspire yeah. them. You know, I was, you know, I was uh, on the Bosco sideline in the stands, and that just seemed like that raised everybody up. You know, they had the three drops early on. They hit Chachi deep, and then all of a sudden, now it's a football game. Uh, and I think it, it goes back to what you've been talking about, the energy that DJ creates for his team. They believe in this kid. They, they understand his talent, his abilities can help them win a Pac-5 and maybe a state title. And when he made that play deep down the field, it totally lifted the spirits and the energy and the enthusiasm of the Bosco sideline, stance, the whole nine yards. Unbelievable play, right? Oh, but just the, the footwork. And again, I don't know if you noticed it if you're watching live, but he made the perfect, what's called an Elway drill. Yep. Perfect sidestep, ball, two hands, ball placement, steps up, steps into the pocket, throws it deep, and it was a perfect throw. Teaching tape. It was a teaching tape technique. Just yeah. the way you move your feet, ball placement, throw the ball down the field, and then Chachi out racing the secondary. Chachi's got some wheels on him. And the very next one was hitting, you know, Kobe Bowman on the slant, and Kobe showed some showed me some more speed than I thought. I mean, he was running yeah. to the house, and he, so those two plays that was, you know, Keith Savage had a touchdown later on. You know, how about George Halani playing, you know, at, a, at about eighty percent? I, you know, some modern day people say, was he ever really hurt? I go, do I heard the guy was on crutches yeah. as late as Thursday, right, the day before the game. And he said, you know what, I got to play. Like, he insisted on playing. Oh, he insisted he on insisted playing. He insisted on playing. He said, hey. That's interesting. I am not going to, you know, my teammates need me. Oh. Tape me up. How about that? I'm out there. 14 carries, 81 yards. He was still running hard. He was running with physicality and aggressiveness. May not have the normal speed and wiggle he had, but, man, George, I'm a— we're both big fans of yeah. his. Hey, I made I made the the comparison on the side. I like that. That was and, good, right? And so when I watched George Hanani, I was trying to figure out who he reminds me of. A kid I used to train that I got a ton of respect for. The toughest kid I've ever worked with in my life, Jonathan Franklin. We called the Jet, the all-time leading rusher at UCLA from Dorsey High School, who's now working with the Rams. Jonathan Franklin hmm. remind, George Hanani reminds me of Jonathan Franklin for a couple of reasons. Number one, very similar in size, hmm. very deceptively strong, very physical runners, but don't have the huge statures. Guys that have got great agility can get side to side, but when they get low and get moving forward, very difficult to bring down. Very, very quick feet. If you if you watch and remember Jonathan Franklin, George Halani will remind you a lot of him running the ball. No question. Yeah, I was I like Jonathan Franklin's running style quite a bit. But Marty had seven sacks. They made some halftime adjustments. There were the the deep ball was not there. Uh, they they, they kind of disguised some stuff. They made it a little difficult on DJ again. He's going to get a lot better. You come to the line of scrimmage again, teaching tape. First thing you do, you know, where's the Mike backer? You, sure. you find him. You find a couple times Solo was literally right in the middle of the field. Then you were pointing him out to me. He's, he's right there. You can tell Solo's coming. Yeah. Right? You got to get point him out. Right? You got point him. Be, you know, loud and point him out. Yeah, be demonstrative to about do it. All that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah, and that's, that, that just takes experience. And DJ will get that. But seven sacks. I think Solo had two and a half. Brew had two. Brew was flying all over the field. Oh, he looked great on defense. Nate Lagaleo had eight tackles. And again, some of the spin moves that he put on the offensive lineman. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that was a, 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 we had the three points we talked about. And one of them was, you know, 
how can Marty's O-line protect, and could they defend the run? I thought Marty won both sides of the line of scrimmage, yeah. which was, I don't know if it was uh, a surprise, because we thought it was kind of a wash. I know we both gave Marty the edge, especially you, in terms of the second, the, the, you said the Marty receivers would get open, yeah. which they did. And we thought, you know, up front, uh, they could protect JT, which they did. But the Marty defensive front seven, I thought, did a nice job as well. Pressuring the quarterback, seven sacks, yeah. really held them down. You know, George didn't do a lot in the second half. Chris, uh, excuse me, Keith Savage had the big run. Yeah. Um, I don't think he touched the ball again uh, in the second half. But overall, you know, there was the concern with, you know, does the Marty defense, do they have enough speed in the secondary? Shoot, we'll see when they play Jay Sarah, you know, because they got some receivers that can run a little bit. But. They really stifled. I mean, they shut them out. They shut out Bosco in the whole second half. Yeah. And I think Bosco had the one drive. Uh, they got down the field. They they missed a field goal. And, and if you're talking about kind of key plays, I don't know if we got talked about, but they had a giant punt return down to the one-yard line. They got called back. Yeah. I don't, the reason why I don't think it's getting much love because we were both there. It was obvious. And it was one of those plays where you don't know if you even need to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like some of these punt kick, kick returns, you don't even need to hit the guy in the back. It's not going to really help you. So why do it? Yeah. But that was a long run they had down to the one yard line. So I think both teams feel, you know, hey, we can do some things different. You know, Bosco's going to feel like DJ can come back and get better. Chris Hudson kind of made his appearance. Yeah. And that game he had four catches in that one. I, I, I don't, you know, for me, and it, it was it was kind of irrelevant for the score, but I would love to see the tight ends get a little bit more involved in the game. Both you know Michael Martinez and Jude Wolf. Both I think really they're good. both neither right. one of them caught a ball. Yeah, in that one. But uh, if you're if you're DJ and you got this pressure coming at you, man, what's your your best friend is your tight end, right? Just a little quick hitter. Yeah. You know, point out the blitz. You know, if it's coming to here, so Mason over here off the edge. You know, point him out. You know, change your protection, Jude. Audible to that, get the guy open, slap, boom, one step, two step, drop, slant. Yeah. Just quick hitters. Get it out. Everything was deep. Yeah. It was either deep or if it was, you know, the Bowman was a quick slant. It's, he's a one one read right now. If yeah. he can get to the second to the third read, man, he's going to be scary good. And I really think he can get there. Overall, were you uh, more impressed with Modern Day than you thought you would be? D- just as impressed, not as impressed as you thought. What was your feeling coming out of that Modern Day game? Were they, what, what was your overall? Break break them down. Yeah, modern day was they were they are who I thought they were. Um, very very good technique wise in the offensive line. Quarterback improved athletic ability has really increased his stock with mm-hmm. me. Uh, but also on time and on target with yeah. the football. Amon Sabrasen Brown, we know he's special. He's yeah. just a different type of cat. Uh, Brew McCoy made the big catch downfield versus Chris Steele. That was really good coverage. Get ball short, Brew comes back, makes a great play. CJ Parks made a couple of nice catches. Defensively, we know what the defensive line gets after people. Solo is an aggressive middle backer who plays downhill with physical fire. The secondary, I thought they played okay. Yeah. Um, I, I thought a question mark still kind of hangs on the the speed and athletic ability in the secondary. Uh, Got to be able to run some guys down. I want to want to take it to guys who really surprised me or really jumped out to me. I want to start off with Keith, Keith Savage, the running back. Okay, thought he made a great run. That was a good score that third touchdown. Yeah. Kind of broke a tackle in the open field. Um, I thought he looked smooth. I thought he looked swift, darting type of runner. Um, you talked about Chris Hudson made four catches. Thought he made some tough grabs. 
also really like Josh Delgado. Thought he showed up big time. I know he's a kid and uh, he's got a lot of talent. He's got some offers on the table, but still haven't seen him showed up, shown up big this year. Thought he showed up big. Did a very, very nice job. I thought Brew McCoy on defense was very good. Uh, we saw him and DJ go nose to nose on a third and one. I know uh, Bosco got the first with DJ running, but it was a physical hit by Brew. I thought he made some good plays on the outside. It was overall, it was, I thought it was a well played game. I thought guys stepped up who you don't normally see step up. DJ, Savage, Hudson, Delgado. Thought they did a nice job. I thought the stars played like stars. JT, Amon Ra. Uh, I thought Sal Spina did a nice job oh, getting after yeah, people. Yeah. He made a couple plays in the backfield, had the strip sack. Just it was a it was a well played game. In the end, Greg, we always talk about in big games, special teams and turnovers. It wasn't turnovers, it was special teams. Amon Ross St. Brown, back-breaking punt return for the second year in a row. Also, Greg, what people are now are, are discounting that missed field goal was big. Watching the replay, there was two minutes, 59 seconds left. Bosco's down 10. They miss a field goal. If they make the field goal, they got three timeouts left. And it's a seven-point game. That means they can kick it off deep, they can get three stops. Monday is most likely going to run the football three timeouts. They get the ball back with two minutes. You never know what happens. That missed field goal was big. So special teams play yeah, two roles. At the high school level, man, field goals are never, never guaranteed, yeah. right? Just, the college just level. extra points, they're me? never even guaranteed. Right. So you know, I thought Modern Day was also able to run the football this year, yep. which last year they didn't really even try to do. But Jacoby Harper and Chris Street, yeah, had both those two guys who are both underclass, junior for Harper, sophomore, sophomore. for Chris Street. So yep. offensively, I, I mean, I can't say Marde has the same explosiveness as, say, Centennial, but in terms of look at the quarterback, the four receivers, the tight end, the O-line, the running backs, man, this Marde offense is so complete. I don't know really how you stop it or even contain it. And like you said, I agree with everything you said, just Marde defensively. I love the way Brim McCoy plays, man. He plays with just... You know, he doesn't play with a too cool for school attitude. Which Passion. Some guys just kind of have that, you know, if they float around, they yeah. act like they're better than they are. I'm five stars. Yeah. Yeah. Brewman, he plays with like a manic type yeah. of attitude and pursues the ball. Maniacal. Throws, just throws his body around. Maniacal. I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love it. So I think both teams will get better. Hopefully George Halani gets healthy. Hopefully DJ continues to improve defensively. You know, I, I'm sure the next game they play, they're going to double team. And they basically played Amon Ross straight up. Please double team him. And, and it was, I was talking to... You know, the JT Daniels family. I think that was one of the things that were kind of surprised by. I, I said, hey, you, you know, you didn't really... Other receivers, the little bit quiet, he goes, they single-covered Amon Ra. Why would not go to him every time? I yeah. mean, he's, if you're the best receiver in the nation, you want to mix it up just to mix it up? Or you want to win the football game? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> throw, I, no. throw it to the best guy on the team. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's kind of the way I coached it when I coached. I mean, you know, you got this guy that nobody can guard, and... You throw him I mean, off, do you want your son covering. getting 20 carries, or do you want your son having to split carries with some scrubs on your U6 team? He's going to get 25 You want carries. him getting every single carry. Yeah, no. He, Amon Ra, was, he was, he was, you can't let him ruin the game like that. You got to double cover the guy. You got to put your best DB on the guy. Not sure what, what was going on there, but... Um, so I think next time, if there is a next time, yeah. they'll probably do some different things. But uh, no, it was a fun game. Not to sound corny, but I love the fact that before the game was even over, they were shaking hands. Yeah. Which they were doing. Mutual respect. A lot of mutual respect. And you talk to the players, and yet yeah, they want to kill each other because yeah. there's so much, uh, such a rivalry. But I love the fact that both those teams were respectful. And 
So overall, yeah, it was a good game, a fun game, and I think it lived up to the hype. Yeah, no question about it. Especially the first half, when it was back and forth. Oh, it was great. How do you have one field goal the whole second half after scoring all those points in the first half? Well, you know, if all my betting fans know, you know, when you get a hot first half, you know, you normally cool down the second half. But just to kind of reiterate the point, I thought DJ was fantastic. For a a guy to be a sophomore to come in and and his first start and play the way he played, that play he made to Dalgado down the field where he – Shims, you know, shrug steps, climbs yeah. pocket, and lets one go. The shot throw in the seam to, to uh, Bowman. He was he did a really nice job. Again, pro- improvement is needed, especially in the middle part of the game. Change protection, audible, make the adjustment on the move. But I mean, the kid has all the talent in the world. That you, you know, I see. keep seeing people saying, "Yeah, I was surprised by his athleticism." I'm like. This is this is who he is, right? And we've seen him play in Pop Warner. He takes off and runs all the time. I mean, last year, I remember when they played against Modern Day, uh, our guy Terry Bullock sent me a video. The very first play of the game, he takes off and runs over Jawan Collins, who's now at Dorset, but he was playing linebacker from Modern Day. And yeah. it was just like, boom, just yeah. running him right over. So, I mean, DJ's always been a big athlete. Yeah. You know, he's not a stiff you know, guy. And that's why... We both, I, I used it, you used it. He's more Cam Newton than Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. You know, Ben is, has that freakish ability to kind of make people miss, but he's going to stay in the pocket. Yep. Whereas DJ, he'll he can take off and go. Yeah. He'll, I guarantee you, he'll have a couple 40, 50 yard touchdown runs before his career's done. He's a big athlete. I really like to see him in the offseason, Greg, trim down a little bit. At 6'4, 240 right now, he's only being a sophomore. You wonder how big he's going to get. I know he's got that bloodline yeah. where it's going to cause you to eat a little bit, gain a little bit. But I'd really like to see him trim down, get to about 230, Greg, and, and gain him one more step of speed. That would really go really, really far um, in terms of his production and development. But you know, He's a baseball player, though. So in the, in the right. spring, he's doing baseball. I actually love the fact that he's double sporty and not, not wanting no to specialize already. But yeah, if he's doing baseball, he's probably not able to do a whole lot of you yeah. know speed and strength yeah. and quickness, agility type training. But that's what the summer's for. So, yeah. It's a good deal. It's a good deal, man. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, now we want to welcome in five-star junior quarterback out of Modern Day High School in Santa Ana, Mr. JT Daniels, with a huge game, over 300 yards passing, over 100 yards rushing last week versus St. John Bosco. JT, how you doing? Good, man. Good to be on the show. We appreciate you coming on the Transparent Truth. I got my boy Greg Biggins right here. He's going to shoot you some questions. Please give us the Transparent Truth as you see it. JT, right man, thanks for having us, buddy. I know you're super busy. You got some some tough classes that you're getting out of right now, so you should probably be thanking us, right? We're giving you a little break from from all that academic stuff. Who's a fan yeah, of that? I'm not complaining. Hey, so JT, let's just jump right in. And I've been saying this all year, but for me, you know, I've seen, and it's not to insult you from the from the last year, but I, I've seen a, a dramatic difference in just your ability to to make people miss in the pocket. Your ability to make plays outside the pocket, your legs. You're not just running for five yards. You're running for 40, 50 yards now at a time. You just look like a, literally a different quarterback. You know, we joked after the game, you're now a dual-threat quarterback. I said, man, you could run the option for Nebraska if you wanted to. Old-school Tommy Frazier. But what did you do in this offseason? And I know you weren't healthy all of last year. You never made those excuses. But what did what was your offseason kind of conditioning program, kind of leaning out your body a little bit? And if you can, kind of speak on that whole, you know, transforming yourself from last year to this year? Yeah, you you feel free to say it. I was slow as hell last year. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it myself. Um, I think the biggest thing for me personally was three times a week for the whole off season. I was running routes, you know, at the 
the modern day four verts thing. I was running routes for the kids. I told them I'll run a four seven by the end of the year, and they all laughed at me. So I get to make fun of them now. I bet I could get somewhere close to that. But uh, other than that, it was a lot of uh, you know uh, speed specific training with my guy Scott Prohaska. I've been working with him for a couple years. You know, we we've been focused on putting weight on for the last couple of years, but you know now I'm playing at 205, 210. I, I, we felt like it was time to make a change in the speed department, so we, we got after it there, and, you know, the, the results are coming in. I mean, you look like, a, literally, you look like an athlete now yeah. playing quarterback, and I think last year, no one would have would have thought that, and again, not everybody knows this, and you've never mentioned it. I heard it from other people, but you got hurt last year in the game before Bosca, right, a little ankle sprain. How healthy were you last year during the regular season? And was that ankle issue, having all that tape around your ankle, was that a factor at all for you? I mean, no matter what, last year I was still slow. But <laughs> it, it, it didn't help. Yeah, it, it was a high ankle sprain. It, 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 it wasn't easy, but, you know, it's, it's uh, at where I was last year, I didn't do much moving anyway. So you saw pretty much what you would have seen if I was healthy. Yeah, no, your face looks dead. I mean, you look like you leaned out and you cut down a lot of body fat and, and all that. So, uh, no, man, it was, it was fun to watch you. You know, obviously the Bosco game, I know this is one that you probably had on your calendar circled since last year's championship game. What was your mindset, not just you, but the team, kind of this whole entire week? You didn't want to overlook anyone, you know, previously, but... Talk about Bosco Week, the preparation. Where was your head at and, and the whole entire team as well? Speak on that. Yeah, that's one thing. This year's team has done better than both the last year's teams that I've noticed. As we, there like, you know, the last two years, we've been talking about Bosco since week one. This year, there wasn't a single word about Bosco until it was Bosco Week. We focused on each week like it was a championship week. But... That being said, it's still Bosco week. So when Bosco week hit, as much as I love those other dudes, and you know, Jaden, Chris Steele, all those dudes are my boys, I want to absolutely destroy them. I want to embarrass them. I, I, I don't want them to be able to say they did anything on me. So, it, like, Bosco week is, you know, it, it's a personal week. But at the end of the day, it's still, you know, a win is a win, and we take it one week at a time, and we're just happy, you know, we came out with the win. So obviously, I don't want you to give me all the answers to the test, but when you're watching film on Bosco, because obviously if you see him again, it's going to be a completely different scheme, but what did you see when you game plan this week in terms of what did you know that you could take advantage of? Um, from, from what I can say on a podcast, you got to think about that. Trans- JT, this is transparent truth, but don't think too hard, man. Just this speak. Transparent truth. Just That's speak. True. Um... You know, I, I saw they're pretty consistently staying their base quarters look. They roll one high when we're in three by one. So, you know, just it's just a good base defense. But Money, with his game plan, what he came up with, you know, it, it wasn't that hard for me. I knew exactly where he wanted to go with each play. You know, he dialed it up. And no matter who's cover, covering Amon Raw, that's a mismatch, too. So, remember that. Were you a little surprised? He got a lot of single coverage. Were you a little surprised they didn't do more to maybe take him out of the game? I was surprised at that. But then again, you know, we got the best line in the country. So, play too high the whole game and just watch us run the ball every play. And I got no problem with that. I mean, you want to play one high and double, I'm on raw. I got four or five Division One committed receivers that can all ball, you know, you can't you can't put too much attention on Amon because then who you, you're going to leave CJ Park single covered you're going to leave Nico single covered and you're going to leave Bruce single covered you know good luck 
So it, it's when you got that many pieces to the offense, it, it's 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 hard to stop. You guys really have an embarrassment of riches, and I noticed last year. And we talked to Coach Rollinson at the Edison tournament, and kind of said, "Hey, Coach, I was also, you know, it's kind of weird watching you guys because I remember back in the day you were, you know, ground and pound, you know, just keep it on the, you know." Physical smash mouth football. Now it's the air raid, and he tried to say, you know, we're pretty balanced. And by the end of the, you know, end of the deal, he was like, yeah, you know, we probably do need to run the ball a little bit more. I've noticed this year, kind of a more concerted effort to be more balanced. You have two really good running backs, Jacoby Harper and Chris Street. If you can, you know, how talented are those guys? And and your offensive line, you mentioned, I think is probably the best in the country. But they gotta love run blocking, right? I mean, if you're an O-lineman, you don't always want to just sit back and, and pass protect. Those guys up front, they can get after it as, a, as run blockers too, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you, you've seen it this year. I, I'm not sure what our average yards per carry is, but it's got to be something ridiculous. I mean, there's no smarter running back than Shakobi Harper when it comes to hitting that hole and making a pass pro. And uh, Street, you know, he, he's done an excellent job of learning from Shakobi. And Street adds in his own flair. I mean, that guy is impossible to tackle. You know, how many times does he have three guys on him and he just breaks off because he's so balanced and strong and he keeps going? And, like, that that was just a big emphasis for us this year. You know, last year the time of possession, us Bosco in the championship, was 34 to 14 minutes. You know, we only had the ball 14 minutes the whole game, which is you, you can't win games like that consistently. So, you know, if we can run the ball, you know, we can get under center and mix it up. Teams can't tee off on tendencies. And, you know, we can pound it on third and three, third and two, fourth and one. You know, that that that, that was a big focus for us in the offseason, and I'm, I'm glad to see it come together. Hey, JT, how much responsibility does Coach Money give you? Because I literally see you go to the line of scrimmage. I see you point out the blitzes. I see you call the protections. You audibleize from one thing to another, from run to pass. I mean, does he literally uh, – looks like you have – just the full arsenal to do whatever you want. Does he allow you to kind of run, not just call the play, but I mean, you can change the whole entire deal if you want to. Is that, am I seeing things or does that, does you have that kind of responsibility with this offense? Yeah, I mean, this year we've gone to uh, to that kind of, um, you know, my, last year you saw me call the plays, but we were spread no huddle the whole time. It, it wasn't even that hard. It was, there was no complexity to the offense compared to this year. This year, you know, money's taken over as the primary signal caller. But he gives me full carte blanche to whatever I see. If I like something more, I can check to it. And, you know, throughout the week, it, there's certain criteria on each play. Like if I see a certain blitz versus a certain play, I got to check out of it. So all I got to do is study those looks. And when I see it, you know, I know to check out of it. So, yeah, I, I mean, I do have the full arsenal to do what I want up at the line. But uh, it, it's all based off game plan and you know, whatever money says, I'm going with because there's not a better football mind around than Dave Money. You know what I like about you, JT, is obviously if you're a quarterback and you have that kind of responsibility, a lot of guys would just say, okay, I'm going to throw the ball 60 times a game. I'm going to break every single state record. But again, you guys have a commitment to be balanced and running the football. And again, I think that's definitely going to help you kind of moving forward. And, and for me, that's modern-day football. Where, where is your guys' uh, – you guys haven't picked yet, obviously. How, how good – do you think this offense can make another jump? Are you as good as you can be right now, or where can you guys get better? There's always room to get better. Uh, I, I can have better timing. Um, we haven't really showed much of our uh, deep attack yet this year, but I'm sure that's going to come along. I mean, it, it's just going to be a continual effort to get better at the things that you know we already have that we're good at. 
But each week, we just got to get better and better at it because that's what every defense is doing, too. You know, Michael Martinez is a guy that we liked a lot during the 7-on-7 circuit, you know, the tight end. He hasn't caught a lot of balls in the offense. Is that something that, that you would like to maybe to, to incorporate as well, get the tight end more involved? Yeah, it's, it's all based off game plan. So, you know, if there, if there are times where we can get Big Mike one-on-one, show me anyone that will stop me from throwing a high ball to him, you know. How good is he? Um, is he? I mean, he looks like he's good, but you, you see him every day. I mean, can he catch? Is he? A, looks like he's a float athlete, but not, is he a natural pass catcher? Ball skills? He got it all. You can come out to practice and watch him catch about five or six one-handers over two dudes, and yeah, I mean, you'll you'll just be in awe. So yeah, Big Mike is exactly as advertised. It's difficult in the offense with this many ball players. You know, you got so many dudes, and there's only one football. So, so sometimes guys aren't going to get you know the same amount of touches, but when the matchups there, there will be times where Big Mike will get ten catches, and two touchdowns, and he'll see red zone threats. Sure, you know, we, see we, it. We, we we haven't been tested like that yet to where we've had to go to Big Mike, but there, there's always going to be a chance for him. Hey, Brew McCoy, I know that's your guy. You guys grew up together. You, you know, you guys are tight. Where do you think the ultimate upside with him is? You, you like in college? Is he a receiver or is he an outside linebacker? You're a coach. Where would you play this kid? I mean, I, I couldn't limit him because I know I, I think he likes receiver more, but, I mean, he, he'll go in on defense like 11, 12 plays in like a big game, and three of them will be sacks, and he'll have two tackles for loss on a run play. Like, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, and then you put him on offense, and I haven't seen anyone stop him yet, and he's only a junior. So there's no like I can't say he's one or the other yet, but that that's going to be up to him. What about the two guys? You know, two unsung guys in your offense, C.J. Parks and Nika Ramizio. Again, you're always I love how complimentary you are of your boys. C.J. Parks, if you can, give me a, a couple sentences. How good is this guy? I've been you know I've played with a lot of receivers in my life, and to me, C.J. is number two that I've ever played with. CJ is the second best receiver, and that, that's only behind Amon, and I think Amon could be the best receiver in college right now. And that, I mean, that's the transparent truth. I, there's no one that can stop Amon at any level. But CJ, it was funny. In 7-on-7, seven seven, we were playing against Ground Zero, and they had Papa, you know, Lavelle Price, really good D-back at Bosco. He's, he's highly underrated. His tech, he's just small. His technique and his ability is, you know, top class to me. And I, and I, you know, I was joking with him because CJ beat him on a few routes, and he said, "Man, it's like CJ runs three routes on every play." You know, you just—I've never seen anyone one-on-one stop CJ consistently. What? And what? it's not as you know, people say, "Oh, he's not that big. He don't have top-end speed." Watch him play. Like you know, there, there are a lot of guys that are like that that don't have top-end speed, aren't the biggest, aren't the fastest, but those guys consistently, you know. That those guys that can consistently produce, it's like it, 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 I can't I can't ask for anything more from a receiver. What about Nico Ramizio, another guy you played with for a long time? And how fun is how fun is it to throw the ball to him? Yeah, Nico Nico's been my boy for years. Nico and I did grow up together. Um, Nico, when it comes to physicality, like there's not a there's not a, I mean, if I were in a fight, like there's no one I'm calling before Nico. And that's that's what I love that he brings to the receiver game. Like when he's blocking. He is physical and it's personal. You know, he, he'll get in a fight with anyone. He don't care. He runs great routes and everything. And, and, and he catch in traffic. And any time when the game's on the line, Nico's there. Like, for example, against Gorman, we didn't have Amon, and CJ was playing at about 50% speed with his ankle. 
and Nico caught two touchdowns and just absolutely balled out. So did Brew. But, you know, big game, like Gorman's a top team in the country, 55-game winning streak. They had all the hype going into it, and Nico just balled, you know? That, like, that's just who Nico is. Plus, Nico's Polynesian, so you want to have him on a fight. You have, like, 100 relatives are going to be right oh, behind yeah, the corner. Yeah, I, I went really to high school with like half the country. <laughs> Hey, JT, we got to go. I know you got class. I'm thankful for coming on. I can't let you go without asking at least one question. You're going to USC. I, I know how competitive you are, man. Your mindset, tell me if I'm wrong. Man, you, you want to go in there. You're going in a semester early, correct? You graduating early? And good, are, you there for, are, you there, are you there for spring ball? Yep. Yeah, I think so. You're coming in to win that starting job, right? Tell me. Don't tell me otherwise. Uh, I'm going to compete as much as I can, and we'll see where that goes. But, yeah, you know me. Um I, I'm, I'm gonna do whatever I can to make that job mine, but at the end of the day, it's you know whatever I can do to get the team better. Hey, you don't and need. Yeah, I'm, I'm going in with that mindset. You don't need to name names, but how special can this USC 2019 recruiting class be? I know you've been on the phones, you're working. That's why you committed early is to you know be that recruiter. This 2019 USC recruiting class gonna be a special one. Uh, yeah, you can you 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 can write that down. This USC uh, recruiting class is gonna be a top five class. Top top five. It's always a top five. J. I want to hear top two, JT. Is it always top five? Well, then it'll be number one then. Bama's usually number one. How about Ohio Bama? State. Ohio yeah. State. Yeah, you guys are always up there. But uh, no, JT. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. Great job last week against Bosco. Continued success, and I'm sure hopefully we'll see you at Heim Stadium. Right? That's <laughs> yeah, the big yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, JT. We appreciate you, big dog. Go do your thing. We see you. All right, thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. Now, that's our guy, JT Daniels, five-star quarterback out of modern-day high school. We appreciate him coming on the Transparent Truth. So we're getting ready to move on to Chaminade. Excuse me, excuse me I'm sorry. Calabasas. Calabasas versus Sierra Canyon. We're going to get our guy, Evan Barnes, on the phone, and he's going to be talking to us about the big-time, can we call it an upset, Greg? I think rankings-wise, you have to call an upset. I mean, it's a 26-14 win for Sierra Canyon, but Calabasas was undefeated. They have one mutual opponent, which was Westlake. That was the team that beat Sierra Canyon in the first game of the year. And remember, I, two weeks ago, I said, hey, potential you know, overlook game for Calabasas. They just beat Valencia. Westlake had just lost their first game of the year, and Calabasas just annihilated Westlake. So if you're going common opponent, which for sure. me you can't really do, it's all about boxing. School. It's all about matchups, sure. right? But I mean, from that standpoint, you know, you have to think Calabasas was favored. I mean, so you had Calabasas winning 55 to 21. Yeah. So, and I know, I mean, I think we all thought it was an upset, but I still Sierra Canyon. They're a state championship team. Yeah. It's a great program. They've gotten a lot better. They found their quarterback, Jaden Perry, just a freshman. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to hear from Evan. So we got our man Evan Barnes joining us. Evan, what's up, man? How you doing? Keith, I am good, man. How y'all doing over there? Doing all right. It's my man Evan Barnes, the sports editor from the Daily News. He's going to give us the lowdown throwdown on Calabasas, Sierra Canyon. Evan, where should we get started? I mean, let's start with the fact that I don't think anybody expected this to happen outside of Sierra Canyon. <laughs> I mean, I, I think when I went to that game, I was already confused because it was Calabasas' senior night. They, for some reason scheduled it before their homecoming. But then, from the third play of the game, where Jaden Casey got stripped by J.D. Hernandez and Sierra Canyon recovered and scored the next play, I think everybody was kind of shocked by that. Like, we, There's a respect for Sierra Canyon because of what they've done winning state championships, but you know, they don't have that 
regular season win we can look at and say, well, this is where they can hang their hat on. But I think after Friday, I think everybody knows that Sierra Kane isn't just legit, but they've proved that they've got the guys now who can compete with other teams in the area that are strong teams. Hey, Adam, I got so many questions, I don't even know where to start. But let me ask you this question. So I love the fact that you were there. And as soon as I saw that you were the one there, I'm like, Keith, we got to get Evan on. Was this an upset? And by that, I don't mean, I know rankings-wise it was, and, but when you watch the game with your eyes, did you feel, I mean, is Sierra Canyon, are they the, better, are they the better football team? If they played again next week, who would you pick? Would it be a Sierra Canyon win again, you think? Uh, honestly, it, it's hard to say because, I mean, I think Sierra Canyon was more physical. They were more aggressive. Uh, they didn't come out soft at all. I'm not saying Calabasas did, but I'm saying Sierra Canyon was very aggressive in that defense. I mean, I think that defense, um, John Allenhouse, the head coach, told me he was going to rely on that defense all year. And that defense impressed me just how physical they were, how much they got to the ball, how much they pressured um, Johnny Wilson and Michael Pittman a little bit. Um, it was just, I was surprised. So I don't know. I mean, if they played again this week, honestly, I can't say what would happen. I was kind of surprised. So, yeah, to me, it's an upset, not because of rankings or whatever, but because on paper, Calabasas should have won this game because they had the matchups on offense and thought that few teams were able to stop, but Sierra Canyon did. So I'd say, yeah, definitely an upset. And, again, mad respect to what Sierra Canyon did and taking it to Calabasas and getting that win at Calabasas. So I think all three of us picked Valencia to beat Calabasas a few weeks back. So I think we all thought Valencia was going to be the more physical team. And they put up, what, 1,000 points against Valencia? Sierra Canyon <laughs> held them to just – Sierra Canyon held them to 14 points. I mean, that's insane to me. Yeah, I was, that was the most shocking thing. Like, at halftime, it was 20 to zero. I mean, that was probably the most shocking thing was Calabasas could not get out of their own way, and Sierra Kane would not let them score because Calabasas had too many penalties. It was probably one of the most undisciplined games I've seen out of them. And Sierra Kane was just being methodical. They were taking care of the ball. They didn't turn the ball over. Uh, Jay and Casey had two interceptions that I think were caused by some great pressure from Sierra Canyon. And some great plays by uh, J.J. Hernandez and Corey Jones on the pick. So I think the defense really just said, look, we're not going to be intimidated by this offense. We're going to just go at them and see what happens. And I thought that they did that. So how much do you like the young freshman quarterback, Jaden Perry? I mean, the guy's putting up numbers and, and watching the film. I mean, he looks like he's a legit dude as well. Obviously, this is a huge game. He's showing poise beyond his years. How good is this kid? I, I would say that the best thing I thought about him was his poise. I mean, when I looked at him, you know, you don't see someone who's, like, swinging it down the field or who's, you know, putting up the big yards. But what you see is a kid who stands in the pocket, who doesn't get rattled, who doesn't make too many mistakes. He, he takes care of the offense. And I thought the poise that he showed in that game was maybe the most impressive thing because, you know, Calabasas has some dudes on defense up front, but he wasn't intimidated. And – for a kid who his dad told me he just turned 15, so he's a true freshman, um, you have to be impressed with a quarterback that can just go there in a hostile environment, you know, do his job, not make mistakes. And even uh, John Ellinghouse told me he's probably one of the most, if not the most impressive freshman he's been around. Just the confidence he has, the way that he just, you know, sits there and, you know, makes good plays and good decisions that um, I think we're going to see something really interesting out of him in the next few years. Hey, Evan. I really liked J.D. Hernandez last year when he was a freshman when I watched him on tape and evaluated him. You talked about his strip 
on the third play of the game. What have you seen? What did you see from him um, that impressed you Friday night? Oh man, uh, physical, just physical guy. Like I had another play, I think on my video that I edited, where he just came in with a huge hit. Like he was just all over the ball, making plays, making some good tackles. Um, I really liked what I saw out of him, and it really kind of showed that this defense again just has dudes who are going to be, you know, uh, fun players to watch for the next couple of years. Cause they're all young. A lot of them are young guys, so. Uh, I really like J.D. Hernandez being physical and not being afraid to mix it up and show what he can do. And I think, like I said, I think that third play of the game, you know, I don't think Calvin was ready for someone like him just manhandling uh, Jaden Casey the way he did to get that ball out and then deliver a big hit like right after that. So he was his physical play, I thought, set the tone. Hey, Evan, speaking of young players, I, we're all big fans of Austin Jones and how he gets it done on both sides of the ball. How much do you like him? Do you have a preference between offense and defense on, on Austin? And how, how high is this kid's upside? I mean, he looks like a dynamic two-way guy. You mean on the line? No, Austin Jones. No, not oh. Austin Jones. You're talking Wait, about Corey, Corey Jones? Jones. Corey Jones. You're talking to Corey, Corey Jones. Jones. Yeah. Corey. I'm about to say, like, if you're another Jones on that team, we should be scared now. Um, <laughs> Corey, Corey Jones, my bad. UCLA offered, you know, the running back, receiver, corner, safe, you know, oh does a little bit of everything good, right? Oh, my gosh. I, I think if anybody earned more from that game, I think it was him. I mean, he, he was dynamic. He, you know, could catch the ball well. He ran the ball well. Defended Johnny Wilson really well. I mean, considering that I thought – you know, we saw Johnny Wilson cook Valencia, just manhandled him in the first half before he just finished off the rest of the game. I thought he did a, I thought uh, Jones did a great job just trying to keep up with Johnny, you know, trying to make some plays. He had a great pass deflection on him in the first half. So Corey Jones is, he's a dude, man. That guy is a player, and I would not be surprised if more schools come offering him because that film alone, I think, should show what he can do on both sides of the ball, whether it's receiving, running, being a playmaker as a, as a, as a cornerback, um, he's he's a special young man, I think. And again, Syracuse had guys who were you know good players, and a few of their guys went to you know the Pac-12. But I think Corey Jones definitely is definitely a Pac-12 kind of guy who can you know if he keeps the way he's going. So they had Corey trailing Wilson all over the field, kind of just let him man up on him the whole entire time. He tried, yeah. They, they let him. They let him try to go at Johnny. Johnny had a couple of deep balls. You know, he had a couple of plays where he made some great catches. But most of the time, they let you know they kind of let Corey uh, Corey go at him a little bit. And I thought he didn't back away from the challenge. Kind of like what I saw out of Mikhail Wright um, give Calabasas give Calabasas a few weeks ago. I think Corey did you know similar things, just showing that he wasn't afraid, and none of those DBs were afraid to try to slow down uh, probably, you know, in my opinion, one of the best wide receiving cores in the state. Now you're reading my mind. I was just about to ask you, because, again, Mikel Wright might be my favorite corner that I've seen this year. How would you compare those two guys athletically? And, again, we, know we always talk about upside here. How good can, can they be three to four years from now? But Mikel Wright, love him, love Corey. Kind of compare those two guys for me, if you can, Evan. Ooh, ooh. That's, that's, that's a little bit tough, because I, I love Mikel and – I, you know, I saw I was there last year when he had a one-handed interception against Calabasas. That was just ridiculous how he was able to bring the ball down. But um, definitely, I think Mikhail is you know a lockdown kind of guy. I like I've seen more of him, so I can see him being you know have a lot of great upside. I think Corey, you know, Corey's got the same ability to be potential-wise. You know, a guy who can come in, play solid defense. You know, not be afraid to mix in with taller receivers. Um, 
I don't know. You're the scouts. So I'll let you go with that, Greg. But I mean, <laughs> I think I, I think Cor- I think Corey matches up pretty well. Like I think he's definitely one of the top defensive backs, you know, in our area. And then you know, time will tell where he goes from there. No, I, I love them both. So I'm with you. I think they're both special. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's a luxury, and I know Ellie House is probably happy because between him, JJ Hernandez, uh, JD Hernandez, Chris Cannon, some of those guys, he's probably sitting back like, so you're telling me I had a great running back. A great old lineman who's at UCLA right now last year, and I got all these defensive dudes. I'm pretty happy with what we're doing. And I like what he said last week. He said, for the program, it's a climb. Every, every game, every season's a climb to where they want to be. And for where this program started to now they've won two state titles and now they have this, he has the right attitude where it was like, this is part of our build to be what you're supposed to be. And I respect him for you know, building a program that's you know, getting guys in, coaching them up, and being able to just kind of do what they've done, you know, for their level. So, Evan, do you, do you cover Charter Oak? Have you seen them at all? Is that, is that part of your area? I have not. That would be, that would be more San Gabriel. Okay. So I know Division Three. you know, Charter Oak is number one and, and Sierra's number two in that CF bracket. I was just kind of curious how those two teams would match up. I know Charter Oak, Lou Farrar is a legendary coach, but I just that's going to be fun watching Sierra Canyon maybe run all the way through to Division Three again. And obviously... Uh, Calabasas drops down to number seven in that division two, which is loaded with Upland and Heritage and Oaks Christian. Are you discouraged by Calabasas, which is kind of a one, which is a one game blip on their schedule? Do you, do you, can they still make a, a long run in CIF? I, I honestly, and, and again, this is my opinion. I've, I've covered a few Calabasas games. That was maybe the worst game I've seen them play as far as just uh, mentally, their execution, the way they were in it. I thought, you know, again, they had two, t- two touchdowns wiped away because of penalties. Um, I was I was very disappointed. I thought that they, even though, you know, Reggie Hughes didn't play, Nico Hall didn't play, they were down to their four-string center, that wasn't why they lost the game. They lost the game because of penalties and just not being able to consistently keep things going on offense. So I was very disappointed by them. But I think the last time they lost the game in the regular season, it was to Camarillo, who went on to win the CIF championship that year, and Calabasas went on to win CIF. So I think... For them, I think, you know, between this game and between Valencia, it's a wake-up call for kind of like how they're supposed to be. They can't go around thinking, well, we're Calabasas. We won two session titles. We got this wide receiving group. We got Jaden Casey, who's, you know, really, really good quarterback. We got to go out and prove it every single day. And I think when they play Newberry Park on Friday, you're going to see probably a, uh, a different than Calabasas. But yeah, I think – they, they can rebound from this, but I definitely think that they definitely have some questions to answer, especially uh, on defense. What, what was wrong with Nico and Reggie? Well, um, from what I saw, uh, Reggie Hughes, I think he uh, told me that uh, his collar, I think he had a, a shoulder injury to his collarbone, so um, not sure how long he's going to be out for. Uh, Nico Hall had a foot injury. He was walking with a boot, um, and he already had some in- I think he had a, a shoulder injury at the beginning of the year, um, so, you know, he's, he's been kind of, he's, you know, had to battle a little bit, but, you know, he had to dynamic K on both sides of the ball for Calabasas. No, that's so significant. Think, yeah. So I mean, he was huge in the Valencia. They don't beat Valencia without Nico Hall, I don't think. No, 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 I don't think so. So I think not having both of those guys would be interesting to watch to see where they go from here, but, uh, I think Calabasas will be fine. They just need to make sure that they can, you know, not have the attitude of, we're here, we're going to win games, but go out there and try to prove it every single play because what I saw was just an arrogance that looked like they expected to win, they didn't take care of the ball, and when they got punched in the mouth, they had no idea what to do. They looked like they got hit by Mike Tyson and was like, wait, what's going on now? 
Yeah, well, you know, that's how a lot of heavyweights get knocked out. You know, shout out to James Buster Douglas. But, uh, <laughs> hey, Evan, we really appreciate you coming on, man, sharing what you saw and giving us your insight and all the information, man. Good stuff. Hey, I appreciate it, Keith. And real quick, I want to say one more thing. Because Greg brought up Charlie Oak. Sierra Team beat Charlie Oak last year in the semifinals of the playoffs. So if, if they meet again, rematch it could, be a, could be an interesting rematch. So we'll see. Yeah, that division, that division three sounds like it's gonna be yeah, Lompoc a, a is dandy. in that division Lompoc. too. Toa, Toa Tower. So hey, Evan, thanks again. Appreciate man. you. We appreciate Evan. you. Hey, you guys, take care anytime. So that was our guy Evan Barnes over at the Daily News. Uh, again, huge upset win by Sierra Canyon, and uh, what a great, great Friday night it must have been in Chatsworth. I know that fan base must have been raucous. Uh, upsetting that Calabasas team. I believe the game was at Calabasas. So, wow. What a, what a nice win for the defending state champs as they continue to roll out in their part of the area here in Southern California. Greg, what do you think? I think that's a wrap. I think it is, too. Yeah, man. It's a pretty good show. It's a good show. A lot of fun. Talk to Evan. We spoke to JT Daniels. Oh, yeah. That was a good day. good to hear from him. Oh yeah, about the win, the preparation, all that good stuff. So, hey man, a fun show. I liked it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. No, we appreciate you joining us, taking a ride with us. Follow us on social media, Coach Keith underscore MP on Twitter. My man at Greg Beggins. Follow the show, Trans Truth ninety two. Follow us on Instagram, the Transparent Truth Show. Without further ado, we're gonna bring it to a close. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.